0: This episode is brought to you by Provider Solutions and Development. With a projected shortage of 124,000 physicians by 2034, you need an excellent recruitment partner. Provider Solutions and Development is a leader in physician and APC recruitment because they do recruitment differently with no commissions and no quotas. With their nationwide provider network, PSD will work one-on-one with you to create a highly customized recruitment plan designed to find the right candidates for the job. Visit info.psdconnect.org forward slash caretalk to start the conversation today. That's info.psdconnect.org forward slash caretalk, or just click the link in the description. Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare, business, and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group,
1: and I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, we have discussed gun violence at length before. We had that great interview with Dr. Amy Annie Andrews, who's actually running for Congress now on a gun safety ticket. Uh, but unfortunately, the the most recent news about school shootings, gun violence. And gun safety is back in the headlines. With, gosh, I think there were six or seven mass shootings just last weekend.
0: John, you know, we like to hear ourselves talk. We like to hear feel we have some impact. Sad to say, we're not the only ones who haven't had any impact here. Uh, there's been tremendous uh, loss, and, and probably even between now and when uh, you know this episode goes live, we'll, we'll see more. And it's the mass shootings, of course, that make the news. But there are many more suicides, accidents, domestic violence, and individual shootings. And Congress has enacted, and if anything, the laws have become looser over the last uh, decade or, or so. So let's talk today about, you know, what the medical profession is or could be doing about gun violence. And I wonder, John, you know, does the medical establishment, such as it is, take a position on gun violence? What's the position they take? Well, well no, I, David,
1: I mean, that is about the easiest softball you could have given me, because the AMA has, ta- has, has had a position on this for many, many years Pediatricians have been leading on this issue. Um, in fact, the, the one of the big arguments, uh, uh, bureaucratically, has been the Republicans' unwillingness to fund uh, just research into this area as a public health issue. But every public health department in, in, in the country, every public health research area, ha- has interest in this because doctors have been very focused on the dangers of uh, the epidemic uh, that's, that that uh, the, 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 that grows and declines, but grows in scale every year for for, for many many years now, and, and you you just and, and the and the literature is 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 actually rich with dangerous and somewhat terrifying statistics, particularly if you compare the level of gun violence in the U.S where you've got more guns than, well, much more, many more guns than people than any other industrialized country. And doctors actually have been leading in with, with a number of different initiatives to research it, to, to fight it, and to frankly create a situation where access to guns and ammunition are a, little, a lot safer. Um, and I, and I, and I, but, but I guess my question back to you is, just because the doctors are in the lead, do you think, you know, we're making any progress?
0: Well, we I don't think we've made a lot of progress. I think we've gone uh, backwards, and you have to be pretty optimistic to think that much is going to happen. I don't think anybody expects a comprehensive solution, but let's talk about some specifics so maybe some small steps. And there is um a bill passed by the House that's being discussed in the Senate, and the American Medical Association came out in favor of some specific elements in it. One is to increase the purchasing age for semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21, keeping in mind... Uh, you know an eighteen year old is not allowed to buy a handgun but they can buy an a r fifteen uh banning uh they're not, allowed to, they're not allowed to
1: drink and they can buy a military assault well assault weapon with you know large capable of handling large magazines and, and whose sole design is to damage people's internal organs
0: yeah, I mean that's what that's what these are for. It's not just a dangerous product. It's a, it's a product designed to kill. So these high capacity uh, ammunition magazines, that's one of the uh, issues and bump stocks uh, that came up briefly before. There's ghost gun loophole, I don't think it's such a big deal. And then um there's this other one about a federal requirement for safe gun storage and establishing strong penalties for any violations. Now, this in and of itself is I don't think going to get that far. You know, the idea is that um a lot of a lot of violence is done with guns that are stolen. So the idea is, well, if you make it harder for people to steal them, there'll be, there'll be less violence there. That's kind of indirect, but I think it's actually going in the right direction and points to the possibility of an American solution here, which is, you know, suing people into submission uh, for causing damage, whether that's somebody caused damage with a gun that you own or holding manufacturers responsible or something like that. That's the only way I can see we get anywhere.
1: Well, I, I think that there is the. is, I'm actually slightly more optimistic than that. I mean, the, the it's only in the shadow of great tragedy, gay, great gun tragedy, that we've actually made some modest progress. There was modest progress after the murders of our, our political leaders in 68. Um, there was a modest progress even with a Republican administration and legislature in the state of Florida after that horrible shooting in Parkland. Um, there are and, and and there is consistent incremental modest progress around gun safety and sensible gun safety legislation at a state level. That's been really led by Moms Demand Action um, at, at a local level. Uh, you saw in the state of Colorado um, there was a pa- they passed a red flag law and modest restrictions uh, uh, on purchasing. Um, Assault weapons and and and, and ammunition, and uh, two the uh, dem- two two Democrats who voted for that to in the state House, state Senate, were turned out of office. Moms Demand stayed in that state, organized, and actually turned over four or five seats back into Democratic hands. Really focusing almost exclusively on issues of gun safety, and were successful uh, at actually passing things like red flag laws that take the guns out of people who are acknowledged to be unstable or in danger of self to others. Uh, the red flag means that the guns are taken away by the the, the, the police authorities. Uh, it has nothing to do with, with, with responsible gun, gun ownership. But there is actually incremental success across the states at making incremental... Uh, But but I think substantial progress. So I actually and I actually think that the bipartisan senators who are meeting right now uh, to to come up with incremental progress around mental health, access to mental health services, red flag laws, um, hopefully some 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 registration and um, some background checks. Any any of this is progress, David. And I wouldn't I would because we can't get the best solution doesn't mean we shouldn't take something, and, something some, and some progress we have seen ac- across the country, even in, in, in red states as well as blue states.
0: All right, John, well, I'll get out my magnifying glass to look for these incremental changes that you're touting, but I, I don't want I, I to discourage it. It could, it could crush it. You know, let's talk about how gun violence is affecting the medical field itself. Now, obviously, there was a recent shooting uh, in Tulsa of a physician. A lot of physicians report they've been threatened uh, with violence, and there's others that have been uh, shot as well. Um, one thing I learned that I was not aware of is that there's this a connect frequent connection between pain management being a factor and this ties in with the opioid crisis um mm. as well you know the the patient in uh, in Tulsa who shot his physician was complaining about uh, back pain um and this ties in also to sometimes to opioid seeking um behavior and kind of the du- the dual crises of uh, gun violence and uh, and opioids. and of course, physicians have also been you know treat the, the people who are patients who are shot, um, treat them in the emergency room, uh, as well. So there's a lot of direct connection here. And I think, you know, it was back in 2018 when the NRA said that, uh, you know, told the doctors to stay in their lane and they basically said, this, this is our lane.
1: Well, the, the challenge you've got right now, uh, I, I think is even, even, even more acute than that. You've got doctors who are just trying to fulfill their public health responsibilities, educate people about vaccines and deliver vaccines and you've had doctors and public health officers threatened with violence i mean what we know is that when people lose their temper and and issues do escalate a- easy access to guns and ammunition for unstable people leads to toxic scenarios where people can uh, c- can really can really do a lot of damage and not just threaten and i think the it's it's really increasing the barriers to the unstable Limiting access. I, I think the ghost gun thing that you skipped over uh, yeah. somewhat dismissively is wrong. I mean, I think it's in certain states, one out of every four, one out of every five um, uh, gun-related uh, uh, crimes is, is is executed with a ghost gun because it's harder to trace. Um, we need to make progress on that. And and I think the other thing that's that's I mean, and and uh, um, Matthew McGonigle is writing about this in you know U.S. in in, in the news recently. That we need to talk more about responsible gun ownership uh, and accountable gun ownership, because there's plenty of people who are responsible and accountable gun owners. What we're really going after is those who are irresponsible and increasing the barriers and the limits on on the unstable, which and, and on criminals, which you know the vast majority of Americans actually agree on. Ninety percent of Americans agree on red flag laws, um, on on background checks the majority of the NRA agrees in this this is really a, a a corrupt broken part of our political system that we can't make progress on this but i just because major progress but i don't think you should diminish the good work of incrementalism even if you have to take out a little bit of a magnifying glass every now and then because you know the the, uh, uh, you know, the arc toward justice and all that stuff. I mean, we, I, yeah. I don't think we should, we should, we should, we, 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 and we honestly,
0: David, we have to make progress. We're letting down our kids. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Sean, I've spoken like a true optimist, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's all this approach on, you know, keeping guns away from, you know, mentally ill and so on. But a lot of it has to do with John, the people that are, you know, they're taking these, uh, all the mass shooting, they're not necessarily mentally ill, they're just angry. And they happen to have a tool around instead of putting the fist in somebody's face, uh, you know, that is that is deadly uh, in the way that, uh, you know, that was in uh, in in a war that you'd be able to use. So I am not very um, I am not very optimistic uh, about
1: again, that. again you're you know, you're, you're there. There's some there's some great organizations that that, that grew out of the, the the horrible tragedy at Parkland. And one of them actually works with local police departments. To help identify children, uh, high school students, college students who are at risk of of of, of losing of of losing it and 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 getting them out of the mainstream and getting them the help they need. Now, I actually think I happen to be very strongly in favor of gun safety and, and I would be much more aggressive legislatively, but we've got a lot of angry, pained, and broken people. And I think if we can use the tools we've got to identify them and get them away from guns and to help with again I wouldn't that that's progress David and and there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of examples where it has helped people not get into those confrontational situations that can lead to death
0: so John we're 10 years after Sandy Hook uh, gun violence has gotten worse laws have gotten looser now in 10 years it'll be 10 years since Duvaldi and a number of other things what will we be saying then are we going to be saying we made progress? we stabilized, we made incremental progress, or we continue to go backwards? What do you think?
1: Oh, I think we're definitely going to make progress. I don't quite know how. I don't quite know when we're going to see substantial moves. But every major move, whether it's around around social justice, uh, uh, around peace, around innovation, the pressure grows for a long time, and then there is major progress. I also think the technology around how to make guns safety more safe uh, and making the identification of who's using them more clear will make it much tougher to commit crimes and hopefully much easier to prevent the, uh, inappropriate use of, of, of gun, like of allowing a gun anywhere near a child. Uh, and I, I think we're definitely going to make, pro- we, we can make progress today. And I'm seeing modest movement on the politics locally, modest movements in politics na- nationally. Let's, let's, let's build on that.
0: All right, John. So I'll, although I think you can tell, I will take the more pessimistic view, I really hope that you're correct. And so I'll say, I think we're probably going to, it's going to continue to get worse, but I do would say if there is going to be progress, kind of technology and the lawfare uh, element of it, I think are are both going to be uh, well, necessary. I, we need some new new techniques. I, I think technology is going to help. And
1: I think looking at this as a broad part of the healthcare crisis and the mental health crisis don't 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 sniff at that and and look the other way. I think looking at this as a public health and a mental health problem and a challenge that we can address that way is a positive.
0: Well, that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk, and we've talked about gun violence yet again. I hope that uh, we'll have some impact this time. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group,
1: and I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. If you like what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe on your favorite service.